Hey, Ziggler friends, we started a new campaign for you here at Ziggler. We want to send you a Zig quote on an inspirational image every Monday to start your week off right. And once or twice a month, we'll also give you a special offer on a Ziggler product or event. So think about Monday morning as you start the grind of the week and a buzz comes over your phone with a message and image to up your faith, your expectation and inspiration. This is what legends are made of. So text the word Ziggler to this number 38470. Again, simply text Ziggler, Z-I-G-L-A-R to 38470. Built around the concept that you can have everything in life you want, if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Well, remember, you were born to win. But in order to be the winner you were born to be, you got to plan to win, you got to prepare to win, and then and only then can you legitimately expect to win. You see, with integrity, you do the right thing. When you do the right thing, there's no guilt. With integrity, you have nothing to fear because you have nothing to hide. See, folks, failure is an event. It's not a person. Yesterday really did end last night. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Friends, welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and it is my unique privilege to bring today's profound message to you. The Ziggler Show is founded on what Zig Ziggler, the world's most prolific motivator, devoted his life to, inspiring your true performance. You can have the best tools, uh, resources, and even opportunity, but unless you are truly inspired, you'll be hopeful but remain where you are. What is the definition of inspired? Listen to this. To influence or animate with an idea or purpose. Did you hear that? Animate with a purpose. If you want to take action, you have to know and be motivated by true purpose. That's deep, folks, and it is why you are here. Let's dig in and change your world so you can change this world. We need all you've got to offer desperately. Today, folks, we're continuing with Zig's foundational series, Strategies of Success, Blueprint for Success. In show 361, we wrapped up the first uh, complete segment on building a healthy self-image. Today, we kick off segment two, developing and maintaining the right attitude. And the first clip Zig covers is why your attitude makes the difference. I mean, many of you listening, like me, don't hear that as groundbreaking news, right? Why your attitude makes a difference. I mean, you've heard the, the cliche, you know, whether you think you can or think you can, uh, you're right. So we know this, but do we daily walk in it? I mean, raise your hand if you do anything at the beginning of your day or ever to truly take a moment captive and address your attitude instead of just going through the day, doing what needs to be done. I mean, Hey, I say this as a 45 year old lifetime student of this stuff. And yet the days go by and I realize I've just been running. I've just been on the run. I just been doing it. I haven't been a complete failure, but I have not been at my best. I have not taken that captive moment to adjust my attitude. I mean, let's, let's ponder a couple things real quick before I queue up classic zig today i mean any of you who have ever had think about this had a romantic encounter okay remember when you first realized a person you had feelings for 
had feelings for you too. All right. Try to think back to that first girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, when you got engaged, whatever it would be, but just that, that feeling, uh, how did you feel? I mean, you were on cloud nine. Everything was with rose colored glasses, right? Uh, nothing circumstantially had changed except your attitude. You felt valued and it made everything better. Now, I know a lot of folks who have negative stinking thinking who think, well, that's not reality. You know, that's just a little blip that you get a little gift, but the rest of life is just, you know, the real world. And I think, no, that's the, that was Zig's point. You know, the, the real world is doing something to give yourself those rose colored glasses most of the time so that the, the, uh, minimal times are without those. All right. Well, let's think again on this analogy. How about money? Have you ever gotten a raise or made a big sale or gotten a new job that paid better? I mean, how much did your confidence, security, and again, value increase? Boom, right there on the spot. The world didn't change. All your circumstances surrounding you did not change only your head, heart, and personal perspective. And everything that happened after that, you were far more effective at, you know, when you're on cloud nine, man, you're just kicking butt and taking names and things are good. And you've got encouraging words for people and you feel good, but then it fades away. And we go back to normal life for the next day, week, month, year, decade. I mean, that's true stuff, folks. So, I mean, what Zig in his messages here is yearning uh, for us to realize is we can have that experience daily. And success in all areas will then follow. It, it's simple cause and effect. If you adjust your eating correctly every day, you will become healthier and trimmer. If you lift weights every day, you'll become stronger. If you read and listen to audio during your commute that teaches you to speak French every day, you will learn French. I mean, it's simple math, common sense. That, of course, we know is uncommon. I mean, most people quit making any significant personal progress after college. A minority, uh, you know, don't, uh, the minority of those people don't stop their personal development and they are the ones that we're going to end up buying their products and services, reading their books, listening to their podcasts, watching them on screens and more and more and more. I mean, Zig's giving you and me the chance to be those people to succeed in whatever area you desire, however you define success, but it all starts with you, with me. I mean, for those of you who are faith-based like Zig and myself, any faith says the same thing. I mean, yes, even Christianity, if you, if you balk at that and say, whoa, 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 hey, that's not true. It all starts with Christ, right? It starts with Jesus. You know, well, I'm going to challenge that a little bit because Christ gives me free will to make the first choice and accept him or not. I mean, that's on me. He doesn't force himself on anyone. So I get to choose him and walk forward with him from that day or not. Doesn't mean he's not all encompassing, uh, all powerful, but he chose to give me free will and does give me that power. So it starts even there just with at least my awareness, my belief, and then my choice to commit. So it is on us in so many ways. I mean, today and every day, we are all at the same place with our outlook and therefore successful dealings with our day. I mean, are we aware of trying to get our attitude straight? Do we believe shoring up our attitude and getting it positive matters? And then do we commit to spending a couple minutes doing something about it? So here you are with me, listening to this now, taking the necessary positive action. This is what Zig wanted us to do. So after listening to Zig, like in this show, I mean, the entire initiative that I'm talking about here will have transpired. 
Okay. We'll have achieved doing what he did, putting positive input in, uh, taking action on making a good choice, raising ourselves up, but will we do it tomorrow? Will we do it the next day? And folks, I mean, it's truly hard to beat doing whatever you decide to do first thing in the morning. And it's powerful too, right before you close your eyes at night and read or to, to read or listen to something for just a moment, something great, something inspiring, giving your brain some kind of food to gnaw on all night uh, as you as you go to sleep. And you've all experienced that. You know, you've listened to a song or something and it's amazing. You wake up the next morning and boom, the song is right there. We we need to do that. And folks, as always, I am preaching to myself. I love that I am charged to do these shows because I I'm paid to read these things, to craft a show, to talk about it, to discuss, to dig deeper. And it's the primary personal uh, fertilization of my own life soil. I get right here. So I am talking to myself, Kevin, remember tonight, get something good in your brain before you go to sleep. So, Hey, with that preface, my friends here is Zig again, this is on developing and maintaining the right attitude. And uh, I'm leading off in here with actually the intro, uh, which he has at the beginning of each module in this series. Okay. He has this intro and I actually did not include it when I did the first CD, the first segment on self-image, but this time I just felt called to and, and why I was just listening to it. And it just struck me in the moment. There's gold right in the intro for an entire podcast. Um, so I'm going to share five minutes of the intro, you'll, you'll hear it. it has a little background music uh, to it, and then it will go into the the first segment. Um, but first, this is important. There are, there are some podcasts, folks, which give you a hundred percent new content every time, nothing repeated ever. You know, we love that as a culture. On the other hand, we cite that it takes thirty days to develop a new habit. Thirty days, right? So, does hearing new information once change us or merely entertain us? I mean, we're hungry for it. It's entertaining. It's fun, but does it really change us? So I think you get what I'm saying here. I mean, Zig was a master of getting people to not just hear a message, but to actually take action and change. So he had foundational messages that he repeated time and time again. You know, I mean, how many people know? Well, if you listen to Zig, you know, those stories, you hear them time and time again. It's because he knew they need to be repeated. They need to be repeated. We need to hear it again. How many times do we need to hear the same story? 30 times maybe before we actually take ownership of it, take action on it. And that's the testimonies that we get. I think it's why Zig was known as one of the most influential, motivational, inspirational presenters of all time because he came back to those foundational things. He wasn't running off to the next best thing. You know, He made it relevant just like we're doing. We're talking about it in a modern era but he made it relevant by repeating what he knew people needed to hear, those pillars for change. So if you hear a story you've heard before, great. Listen again. Listen with new ears, new insight, new understanding. All right. So, hey, enjoy and be inspired. Here we go. I'm Zig Ziglar, speaking to you from the studio before we face that wonderfully excited live audience. Stanford University did a study several years ago, and here's what they found. 95% of the people who buy into an idea, a concept, or a procedure 
are unable to follow through because they do not have the resources to do so. Strategies for Success gives you the resources you're going to need in order to achieve the balanced success in life that all of us really desire. We're going to be talking about your personal life, your family life, your career, your financial life, your physical, your mental, and your spiritual. Those things bring balance into our life when they all work together. This is truly a hope-building program. And that's important because the psychiatrist Alfred Adler had this to say, Hope is the foundational quality of all change, and encouragement is the fuel upon which that hope runs. You will find encouragement more and more each time you listen to these recordings in this program. We'll be sharing with you the importance of a winning attitude and how you build that attitude. The importance of having good relationships and how you develop those relationships. We will share with you the importance of having a balanced goals program and exactly how you set and how you reach those goals. We will share with you the qualities necessary to be successful and how you develop those qualities. We will talk with you about the importance of a healthy self-image and how you develop that healthy self-image. As a matter of fact, we will never make you a promise unless we give you a specific plan of action to realize that promise. We will emphasize that you've got to be before you can do and you've got to do before you can have. You got to be the right kind of person. You got to do the right thing in order to have all that life has to offer. We will share with you that money is not the most important thing in life, but it is reasonably close to oxygen. Now, I got to tell you, I like the things that money buys. I like to wear nice clothes. I like to drive a nice car, take my beautiful red-headed wife on nice trips and out to dinner. I like to play golf at country club. I like all of those things, but every one of them costs money. Now, I got to also tell you, I love the things that money won't buy. You see, money will buy me a house, but it won't buy me a home. It'll buy me a companion, but not a friend. It'll buy me a good time, but it won't buy me peace of mind. It will buy me a bed, but it won't buy me a good night's sleep. I got to confess, I love all of those things. I want to also, in order to achieve the balanced success, emphasize the fact that when you listen to these recordings, if you can get your family involved, like when you're in Automobile University, on your way to work and then on your way home, as you drive down to the shopping center with your family, your children cannot be too young to hear this. Start them at the beginning. And I'm going to encourage you to listen over and over. As a matter of fact, our research indicates that if you will listen to it 16 times, that it will then be planted into your subconscious mind. The way you can tell the progress you're making is when you can finish the sentence, the example, the illustration, or the story, then it becomes self-talk. And that is the most significant thing that you can do because when you listen to yourself, then you're going to take it more seriously. It's going to have more impact in your life. In order to accomplish all of these things, you're going to need a performance planner. And we believe that ours fits the program the best. So we encourage you to get that performance planner. Now, I want to emphasize also that I will not share any theories with you. Everything has been validated. Before I write anything, record anything, or verbalize anything, I validate it psychologically, 
theologically and physiologically. When you put all of those things together, the chances of being right go up considerably. I do speak with a lot of confidence, not because of what comes from me, but because of what comes through me. Let me close simply by saying, if you will buy the ideas and follow through on them, then I can say this without any fear of error. I will see you. And yes, I really do mean you. Not just at the top. Hey, I'm going to see you over the top. This is Zig Ziglar. Now, let's get to that live audience where they are excited about learning how to get more out of life. Thank you very much. Thank you. Around the turn of the century down in South Texas, just outside of Beaumont, there was a farmer selling much of his land. He was having to sell it simply because times were so tough he couldn't feed his family. One day an oil company representative came along and said, Sir, you know, we think there might be oil on your property. Let us drill for it, and if we discover any, we'll pay you royalties on every barrel that we pump out. Well, he had nothing to lose, a great deal to gain, so he said, let's do it. Well, they drilled for the oil, and in those days, the derricks were made out of wood. And when they had a gusher, the gusher literally destroyed the derrick. And the greater the destruction, the greater the excitement, because that meant an abundance of oil underneath. When this oil well came in, it literally obliterated the derrick. And before they could cap it, over 100,000 barrels of oil had flowed out. It was the world's introduction to Spindle Top, the most productive oil well in history. Three oil companies uh, came out of that field. The man became an instant millionaire. Or did he? The reality is he'd been a multimillionaire ever since he had acquired the property. But until they drilled for the oil, discovered it, brought it to the surface, and took it to the marketplace, it really had no value. I found a lot of people pretty much that way. They've got an awful lot underneath the surface, but until they bring it out and take it to the marketplace, they will never realize even a minute fraction of the benefits that they could bring themselves, their families, their friends, their community, and everyone else. The purpose of Strategies for Success is to share with you how do we discover the oil, how do we bring it to the surface, how do we take it to the marketplace, how can we learn to be so that we can do and do so that we can have. A few years ago, the redhead and I, now some of you know that when I talk about my wife, I always call her the redhead. She's a decided redhead. I mean, one day she just decided that she is going to be a redhead. When I talk about her, I call her the redhead. When I'm talking to her, it's sugar baby. And her name is Jean. We went into one of the shopping centers to get a pair of glare-proof glasses. A young man came up to us and said, usual question, may I help you? And I said, yes, I'm looking for a pair of those glare-proof glasses. And he said, well, are you a photographer? I said, no. He said, are you a producer? I said, no. He said, well, what are you? I said, I'm a speaker. He said, well, what do you talk about? I said, well, goal setting, self-image, winning relationships, uh, leadership, uh, things of that nature. He, he said, oh, kind of like Zig Ziglar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, well, sort of. <laughs> 
And the redhead pointed at me and she said, this is Zig Ziglar. Well, he's a very astute young man. He backed up just a minute or two and looked me over real good. And he said, oh, no. He said, this is not Zig Ziglar. I've seen him on videotapes and he's always jumping up and down. You know, no, this is not Zig Ziglar. And so I said to her, I said, you see, sweetheart, I told you we couldn't fool this young man. He's probably looking for some 40 or 50 year old codger. And he saw us youngsters walk in here and he knew I could never be Zig Ziglar. And the young man said, that's right. Well, we went through the transaction, you know, and uh, got to the area where we had to sign your name and surrender some money. And uh, he said, now, what is your name? And I said, well, I spell it Z-I-G-L-A-R. And he backed up a step. He said, you are Zig Ziglar. I said, yeah, I have been for a long time. (laughs) Now, the point I want to make is a very important one. You see, the young man had a picture of me. And the picture, as far as it went, was accurate because on occasion I do jump up and down. The redhead said, I get excited reading the phone book. I mean, I, I, I really, that's my nature. But his picture was so narrow and so shallow, it didn't even begin to give a picture that was true or representative. I find that most people have pictures of themselves which are so narrow and so shallow that it really has nothing to do with who they are and what they're capable of being. You see, so many people have been told so many times for so long what they can't do. They have no idea what they can do. They don't have any earthly idea what they really want out of life because they don't know what's available to them. I could see where this gentleman could get it, and I could see where this lady could have it, and I could see where that lady and this guy could have it, but poor little old me, I could never have those things. What we got to work on is having the right picture of ourselves so that we can use the ability which we have. A number of years ago, a young depressed housewife was out in West Texas. It was one of those cold days. The wind was blowing. The dust was coming in all over the place. And, And she was feeling down and depressed and miserable. So miserable at the fact that uh, she decided that she didn't like where she was and she was going to do something about it. Uh, So what she did, she made a very basic decision. Now, I call this misery motivation. Uh, She was so unhappy, I'm going to do something about it. But one LT, the lady I'm talking about, determined she was going to do something. So she got busy. She went down to a bookstore and bought a whole bunch of books. I mean, she started reading and reading and reading. And she started getting enthused and motivated about what life really did have to offer. In other words, she had made the first step. She had taken the first one. Joe Saba, who is a speaker friend of mine, says that you don't have to be great to start, but you got to start to be great. As she was reading those books for about six months, and one day uh, she went back down to the store and she picked up another book. As a matter of fact, it was on June 18, 1977. She picked up a book called See You at the Top. And she read something in there about some of the philosophies we'll be discussing throughout Strategies for Success. She read something there that really grabbed her. And she, what the statement really was, was, well, you know, the person uh, who can't read really is just as well off as the person who does read, but then does nothing about it. 
She decided that she was going to get busy. She called the office. She talked with my executive assistant, Laura Majors, found out where I was going to be speaking, went to the session, and her fire was really lit. I mean, she was excited. She was motivated. She made a decision that day, and she decided she was going to take some action. She decided that she wanted to become a sponsor, sponsoring seminars around this country. She had gone from a depressed housewife to a lady who was a determined individual who could do a lot of things. It's not that she was not happy being a housewife, but she was unhappy with herself and what she was using as far as her abilities were concerned. When she made that little change, it was really very significant. Jerry Lynch, Ph.D., wrote a book, and the title of the book was in Runner's World, actually. He said, when you believe and think, I can, you activate your motivation, your commitment, your confidence, your concentration and excitement, all of which relate directly to achievement. Wonderful place to start. And so she got that start, and she ended up sponsoring over 200 seminars in 43 cities around this country. I was privileged to be a part of many of those seminars, most of them, as a matter of fact. Hundreds of thousands of people attended them. She had a chance to study speakers, which ones reached the audience properly, which ones had a message, which one really did the job, and which ones were consistent in their lifestyles. And then she realized that a lot of them had a good message but didn't know how to deliver it. A lot of them had some good qualities, but didn't know how to market those qualities. And so she made a big decision. She decided, I'm going to become a coach. I'm going to open my own business this way. I'm going to become a coach and teach these teachers. The people who are teaching others, I want to teach them. The bottom line is today, this lady who was depressed a few years ago is today one of the most motivated, excited, enthusiastic people you'll ever see. And she's teaching numbers of people how to share the concepts. See, she believes that you can have everything in life that you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. And you're going to hear me say that a number of times. It works in your personal life, it works in your family life, and it also works in your business life. But it all starts with you. I'll say this a number of times. You've got to be before you can do. You've got to do before you can have. You've got to be the right kind of person. You've got to do the right things in order to have all that life has to offer. Okay, so right from the intro, here are some golden nuggets. Let's talk about it. Though I don't want to miss Zig's reference to the performance planner either, folks. I have no idea how many of those things have sold uh, you can get that performance planner that you hear him talk about so many times at Ziggler.com. I, I still have my first one from 1986, blue faux leather performance planner. Uh, so don't, I don't want to miss that before we dive in here. Uh, and also on that note, folks, March 14th through the 18th, 2016, small group of people, 25 actually, are going to be at Ziegler headquarters in Plano, Texas, going through the Ziegler Legacy Certification Course. If you listen to our recent show with Jabari McLennan uh, and his experience, life-changing experience there, uh, you can be a part of it. So go to ZieglerCertified.com. Okay, ZieglerCertified.com. And at the least, just inquire about it. If you look at it and go, gosh, I'm not sure, just inquire. They're not going to hard sell you because you actually have to qualify to go. And honestly, I'm talking about this on the fly and I'm not sure. I assume that there's still a slot or two open there. I'm not positive. If not, they'll show you what the next date is, but uh, it is massive for your life. All right, folks. So 
Um, Zig said, again, this is just the intro to the segment, but it's so powerful. He says 95% of people who buy into an idea or concept or procedure are unable to follow through because they do not have the resources to do so. And initially I, I, I kind of wasn't sure if I liked that statement because it feels like a cop out. Well, you know, it's cause I don't have the resources, so it's not my fault. But then again, I mean, what the heck am I doing with this show? I'm helping with resources, providing resources and helping remove the real and perceived obstacles that inhibit forward progress. So when he says that 90% of people who buy into an idea or concept or procedure are unable to follow through because they do not have the resources to do so. So I just talked about ZigglerCertified.com where you can go see about the Ziggler Legacy Certification course. It's a big investment of time and money. And so you think, okay, a lot of people just don't have that time or, or, or money. You know what? That's generally not the primary uh, resource lack that keeps people from going. It's ultimately faith that it will actually make any difference or faith that they can actually step up and do something. Even if they're given the, the Holy grail of tools that they can actually walk it out. It's a self image issue. Those are some of the primary resources he's talking about. Don't think about just financial time. Some of those basic tangible circumstantial issues here. Uh, but that's a big deal to realize that people have, you have, I have ideas, concepts, procedures that could transform our lives. And yet we don't follow through because we don't have the resources. That's the point that we're here for is to figure out what are the things keeping us from taking those absolutely uh, relevant ideas, concepts, or procedures and, and walking forth in them. What are the resources that we lack? Let's find those out. And again, I'm going to really anchor in on the on a part that for most of us, it's not that we absolutely don't have the time. It's not that we absolutely cannot come up with the money. Uh, it's generally something else. It's generally, we're not, we're not, we're a little confused. We're not clear. Uh, we lack the confidence, the faith that we could actually do something. It's, it's a possibility for failure and it's just easier not to do anything. That's the biggest obstacle. Most of us are looking at when we're looking at the possibility of something great uh, it's risky. There's it's too much at stake. I just, uh, it's just easier to say no. So we're often, this is an interesting human dynamic folks. It's something I've talked about for years. I don't know that I read it. I don't know that I want to claim that I came up with it, but I, I just realized that, you know, really being in the world of sales and marketing and branding and trying to get people to take action on things is that when we are faced with an opportunity, uh, we, it's stressful. It may cause anxiety because it, it's a, it's a decision and we face with big decisions. We'd rather not make them. And so generally when we see something, this is just humanity and I'm not being negative here. I'm just looking at the reality of my experience. We often, and I'm also talking for myself, look at something and right away, we're trying to come up with a reason why we can't do it. Uh, gosh, I already have something scheduled. I just, you know, I don't have time right now. Uh, yada, yada, yada. We're looking for a reason to not do it. Seldom do we look at something and with the initial idea of like that, go to ZigglerCertified.com and say, how could I do it? How could it happen? How could it be possible? Which we do that with fun stuff, you know, uh, a vacation, uh, idea or, or the idea to take off on a weekend and, and go skiing, uh, which we do here in Colorado a lot. I mean, we're real quick we, with that first thought comes up and we're like, okay, how could it happen? How could I make, man, I don't see how I could do that right now. Get away from the family. I don't know how, but oh, how could I, if we looked at the ideas, concepts, procedures, opportunities that come in front of us and first exhaust how it could have, how could it happen? How could it be possible? 
you know, with any, when we're looking at a concept, let's spend like, if we're, let's say we got a group meeting. Okay. A team meeting with your employment or your business or whatever. Okay. Right now, folks, here's the concept. We're going to spend 30 minutes and all we're going to do is exhaust the reasons why or, or, or the opportunities on how could this happen? That's all. We are not going to entertain one negative yet. Okay. We're not going to come there because in this sounds mean, bear with me, but my first concept with this years ago was, you know, any moron can look at any idea and come up with a reason why it can't happen. The brilliant, the genius, the, 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 the successful folks will first exhaust the, the ideas on how could it happen? Let's explore the possibilities. How could it happen? And let's be grandiose. Let's brainstorm, throw anything on the wall. How could this possibly happen? Now, if we exhaust that 30 minutes or however long you take, if we exhaust everything we can come up with on, on how could it happen and we can't find enough relevant uh, ideas, opportunities, uh, realistic issues on, on how it could happen, if we exhaust those and, and come up with nothing, well, then we know it can't happen. But let's do that first. Let's give it a shot before we just start throwing the negatives and the obstacles in there because anybody can do that. Let's not do that. All right. Zig truly believed, folks, that the principles and strategies for success here, it, which are, again, are the foundational stories, principles, ideas of everything he did, that they are foundational. They are the beginning of positive progress. And the principles were not just for one area of life, uh, which we, we know all know that, you know, somebody who has a shining area, one thing that they rock at, but the rest has kind of gone to hell in a handbasket. So he knew that for actual success overall, the kind that's fulfilling at the end of your days, the kind that gives us peace, it's got to be success principles that are going to give you success in your personal life, family life, career life, financial, physical, mental, and spiritual lives. Balance happens, success happens, true fulfillment happens when they all work together. Again, it's one of those things that, uh, that, that we know we nod our heads to, but we don't often pursue. But again, it's what made, made Zig and the Ziegler message what it is because everything hinged on those foundations that brought it all together. So Zig went on to say here, Ken, we're just in the intro folks, that this is a hope building program. Hope is the foundational quality of all change, said Zig. And encouragement is the fuel on which that hope runs. You know, I mean, mere minutes in this podcast, what if we just stopped right here and stewed on that? I mean, we want to get into story. We want to get onto the next point, something interesting. We want to write the next thing down in our notebook and give it a quick nod and say, yeah, that's inspirational and that's cool. But, uh, you know, here's a guy who devoted his life, had an incredible anointing, and he constantly lands right back there. Hope. Hope is the foundational quality of all change. So I looked up the word hope. I'm a words guy. Hope, this is the definition, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. That's interesting. Now, desire, you know, you can have desire with no commitment. So I'm going to take that off of there. Let's go to the next word, expectation. You don't have expectation without some actual faith that it might happen. You know, that I believe that is the crux of real worthy hope is faith. That's it. That's the kind of hope that Zig's talking about. Not just a, a desire for certain things to happen, but an expectation. You don't have expectation. So look right now, if we all took the, if we took a list of our desires, what are some things you'd like to have happen? What are some desires, some things that you'd be grateful to see transpire 
in your life. Okay, do you actually have expectation? And we'd have to be honest with a lot of the things say, no, we don't. Well, there's the problem. If we don't have expectation, it is not going to happen. So you want true hope? You got to look at those things and go, okay, what can I do to actually have some expectation, some faith that that can happen? And of course, that's why we're all here and partaking of messages like this right now. We are trying to bolster our hope. We are trying to actually have some faith and have true expectation and then start planning out the steps to make change happen, positive change, faith that you can change. That's the point there. Well, then he says, of course, the next part is encouragement. That's the fuel for hope, right? I mean, can you have true hope and faith? And I'm talking about encouragement. Let's look at that word, take it captive. Can you have true hope and faith in a vacuum? This is an interesting one to me also, folks. I mean, I do get fueled by being alone in solitude with time to think, time to pray, time to ponder, free to just be me, no performing, uh, time to, again, ponder, pray, think, write, and be. I love that. I'm not really seeking encouragement. But then does a day go by that I don't go look for encouragement somewhere? Folks, I get, I get, uh, I have to admit, I go to the podcast a lot in iTunes just to see where it is. Hey, are we bumping top five? Are we, are we dipping down to 20? How are the rankings? Do we have any new reviews? I mean, I I want encouragement just like everybody else. Though I also want the truth. I'm yearning for it. Hey, speaking of that, shameless plug, if you go or if you get value here with this particular show, go to iTunes and give a review. You know what? Don't give it five stars unless you think it's warranted. Give it four and tell why not five. Give it two and tell why not five. Uh, Don't use it as a place to gripe. I would ask people do that in really poor form. Uh, Send an email if you got a gripe, but you know, let me know. Uh, But share what you'd want others to read in regards to the value of the message that you find at the Ziegler Show, the message that uh, you're here to listen to now. Point being, we all need some testimony. We all need some support. It's the fuel for our hope and our faith, encouragement, encouragement. And the place to start is by giving it to others, right? Okay, so digging into the meat of this segment here, this this module, developing and maintaining the right attitude. And the first clips it covers in this segment is why your attitude makes the difference. So he talks about the story of Spindletop, right? The legendary oil well that this guy had the land. He didn't know it was there. And so boom, there it goes. And uh, well, he says, until they drilled for the oil, discovered it, brought it to the surface and took it to market. It really had no value Uh, though. He says, you know, the guy bought the land. He was an instant millionaire. He just did not know it, which You know, in essence, I mean, he wasn't a millionaire until he drilled for it, discovered it, brought it to the surface and took it to the market. It really had no value. But folks, I mean, seriously, we have value in us. If we don't believe that, that's a place we got to start. If that means going to counseling, and I say that with all literalness, I I work in uh, a lot of arenas that involve counseling, uh, literal counseling with a counselor. Uh, if we don't believe you, we have value in us, we need to go get help right there, whether that's from a spiritual standpoint or tr- looking at our own past and traumas and whatever it is. But uh, I mean, oil, gold, brilliance, insight, innovation, wealth, legacy, we have that in us, but we have to work at it. So it made me think, as I often do from a health and wellness standpoint, I mean, do you have muscle? Do any of you listen? Does anybody listen have muscle? Well, of course you do. Can you grow it? Of course. You know that. We all know that. But what does it take? Daily working out. Exertion, sweat, pain. 
and, and there are a few days, honestly, guys, I don't, I don't jump up for the most part. Now I, I like adventure. I like skiing and, and going for long runs and doing some of that. I do not like, I do not enjoy, this is just an admission. I do not enjoy weightlifting. I have a, an entire gym in my home. I, I don't look forward to that. It just doesn't do it for me personally. But then what's on the other side? Okay. If I don't want to do that exertion, that sweat and pain, what is on the other side? And this kind of reminds me, people talk so often when we're looking at a new opportunity, what's the risk of going after that? The thing we often don't take captive is what is the risk of not doing that? You know, when you look at a new job possibility, a business opportunity, a relationship, whatever, and we look at, oh, what's the risk of doing that? Well, what's the risk of not doing that? When we would do that and list out my dad, my mom and dad used to have me list out pros and cons of ideas to just get it, get it on the table and be realistic. Maybe we can't find enough pros, but maybe uh, we can't find enough cons. You know, with this, what's the risk? Of not, so what's the risk of not doing that daily workout, that exertion, sweat, pain? Well, it's ease, comfort, boredom, blah, mass status quo. I mean, how many of us actually enjoy that? Is that fun? We don't. It's just easier. It's easier, like we talked about before, making a decision. It's easier just to not make the decision, not to go forward, really flesh the decision out and decide yes or no. It's easier just to back away and do nothing, right? I mean, how many movies or books do you have that are about ease, comfort, you know? So on the side of exertion, pain, and sweat is glory, joy, fulfillment, value, satisfaction, peace. It doesn't mean killing yourself every day, but exerting yourself every day. I'm blown away by the benefits of four sets of push-ups, pull-ups. I got some weights in my office that I'll just do. I don't let myself eat lunch unless I do something every day. And it may be, if you total up the minutes, it may be a total of four minutes of actual exertion, one set, two sets, three sets, four sets with a minute in between or something like that. My heart rate goes up, man. It just, it wakes me up. The, the benefit of that and just literal strength, body strength of that little pissant amount of activity is amazing. And yet the buildup of day to day, sedentary, doing nothing, exerting yourself, nothing is dire. A lot of, you know, I work, I do a lot of work in the health and wellness fields and the medical fields too, uh, from a business standpoint and seeing the build up of sedentariness. Is that a word? I just made that up. Uh, sedentarianism. You get what I mean? Not moving, not exerting every day. And yet the benefit is, is profound, is dramatic, is tragic. It's killing our health, our, our, the health and wellness as an industry, the health industry, um, healthcare. Oh my gosh the benefits of a little bit, a few minutes, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes, an hour. People get these big things and you just exert yourself a little bit is dramatic. So go back to again, Zig statement, so much gold here to go off on. I mean, but to get the oil, the good stuff, we have to drill for it. We have to drill for it. We have to make those daily efforts towards it and then drill for it and be looking for it and have the discernment, the awareness to discover it, recognize it and take it captive. Boom. There it is. Then bring it to the surface. What is that? It's building it. We got to build it. And then to make it presentable, bringing it to the market, right? I mean, so let's think of a great idea. I mean, I've had so many, uh, I, I, I think, gosh, really just good ideas. I used to do a lot of driving back in my pro cycling days. And, and my wife and I had to get so much talking time. And, oh, just ideas come when I have time to think like that. And I used to keep journals of them. And a lot of them, I finally realized, you know, I have no intent of doing anything with them. It's just a good exercise to be thinking through that. And that's okay as long as I have an idea or two that I am doing something with. But to think about having an idea, 
If it's going to produce any fruit, you have to drill into it, discover it, define what is it really, and then build it, bring it to the surface, then clean it up, bring it to the market. So, hey, I mean, let's give ourselves a break. We have ideas and and we can admit that, hey, it's a good idea. We have no intent to bring that one to market, but we've got to take, figure out what ideas are the ones that, yeah, that's one, that's one I am going to tie a rope to. That's one I'm going to commit to and do the work. So next, next Zig tells a story, right, of going into the shop in the mall for some glasses and the clerk who did not believe that he was Zig Ziglar. And he shares how the guy had such a narrow one-dimensional view of him. Well, it was interesting. This made me think of actors. Again, this is, this is just where my mind went as, as I looked at this. Some comedians specifically, okay? I'm a fan of Robin Williams who committed suicide last year. I mean, he was a brilliantly funny guy, unearthly funny and witty genius yet he had a known darkness and depression in him and and the tragic story aside how many of us tend to view ourselves with a one-dimensional self-image robin williams comedian man he must just be a riot funny all the time no he wasn't there was a lot it's kind of uh if you've you've got kids and watch shrek there's onions you know we're all onions and but we view ourselves we tend to say this is who i am and it's a pretty one-dimensional narrow image and uh we limit ourselves thusly. Why can't we be like Shrek and realize we have layers? We're not just what we get at face value to others or ourselves. We have more in us. Not to be limited to one aspect of personality and character and potential. I mean, I love the reality that I get paid to write and develop businesses and do you know, what people would call head work, right? Knowledge work. But after hours, I mean, after, after the day is gone, you know, after hours time on the weekends or certain days when I just decide to do it, I'm cutting wood out at our, out at our mountain property. I'm creating functional or, uh, furniture with wood out there. I'm plowing feet of snow this year with my Jeep and fixing cars, which I don't enjoy. I'm not really good at it, but it just demands it sometimes, but doing that and realizing it, you know, I don't have to be stuck. I don't have to be I don't have to be a, a mountain man only. I don't have to be a knowledge worker only. I don't have to be a writer only. I, I, there's lots of things that we can participate out in and see ourselves with more than just the narrow pigeonholed views that we get in the rut of seeing ourselves in. Can we expand the view we have for ourselves? We must, we must, we must. That's Zig's call to us. So he says the person who can't, this is his next point. The person who can't read is really just as well off as the person who does read but doesn't do anything about it. Folks, that that wasn't the end of the message completely, the clip, but I'm going to stop us right there. That was not a mere shot from Zig. It's a grenade. It's a nuclear message. Listen to that and take it captive for a second. Close your eyes and think. The person who can't read. Think about a person who can't read. Think about your vision of them. Think about your expectation of them. Person who can't read. But he's saying when it comes down to it, they're just as well off as you and me, folks. Nobody's listening to this, I doubt, that can't read. But if we don't do anything about it, I mean, how many of you, how many of us in the past year and all the books, magazines, and blogs we've read and all the CDs and audiobooks and podcasts we've listened to and all the seminars and events we've attended, attended and all the social media posts that we've viewed, how much measurable, tangible change, positive progress have we made that we can cite? How many visible action steps to better ourselves 
have we achieved? Folks, that's, that's daunting to look at that and to realize how much we consume, how much we consume. And yet do we go, do we, do we draw a line and say, boom, I am making a change. I am doing a new habit. Can we look back and say, this is something I now, now do that I have gained growth in, that I am now stronger and better in than I was a month ago, six months ago, a year ago. I mean, think about it. I mean, let's take a moment. Seriously, I'm, I'm going to pause for a moment. I mean, our, of all our content that you've taken in, how much have you changed as a result? And again, folks, I'm talking to me myself as well. I'm sitting here preaching this stuff, speaking on it. And yet if I stop right now and think, what have I made positive change on? And I am a better man today than I was six months ago. What is it folks? I mean, don't be demoralized. If you realize your personal change in progress and action has been little to none, this is the norm but we're right here right now, all of us, and we have the chance to stop this, stop this podcast. I'm just about to wrap it and to say, what have I grown in and recognize it. And if you do give that, give that gravity, write it down, make sure that you realize, dang, I have done something. I have done something, but right now also to realize, wait a minute, I'm going to go on to the next podcast, the next book, the next, this, the next, that, what am I going to commit to? A change. It can be small. It can be one habit. Again, one thing. What do you want to do now? Now that you realize this, what do you want to do? So find one initiative you want, one desire, one conviction, craft a step, just one step towards it that you can take every day for a week or two or a month, something. See what happens. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Do it for your legacy. I'm with you. Thank you for being here with me in The Ziggler Show. Talk to you in the next one.